Hello, and welcome to CAA Conversations. I'm here today with Jolene Powell and Richard Danford. Jolene Powell is McCoy Professor of Art and Director of Gallery 310 at Marietta College, teaching courses in all levels of studio art in drawing, painting, printmaking, and occasional special topics classes. Her favorite learning opportunities happen when she can take students to actual artwork and add an experiential component to her classes. Richard Danford is Vice President for Student Life at Marietta College, where he previously served as an Associate Professor of Spanish and Portuguese. He spent two years living in Madrid, where he taught English and pursued doctoral coursework in Spanish linguistics. He has led multiple short-term study abroad courses to both Spain and Brazil, focusing on everything from language to civilization and culture to human geography to the masters of Spanish painting. Today, they're going to be talking about teaching study abroad. So without further ado, I'm going to hand the conversation over to these two. Do you want to leave out the children? Well, sure. Yeah, I can. Um, I know something that the uh, organizers of this were interested in were um, similarities that you and I have when we're structuring an abroad class. And so I thought I would talk a little bit about um, how they're different from a normal class and then maybe some things that you and I do the same versus way. So um, for me, uh, normally when you're teaching a class, the uh, concept or what it is you're trying to teach dictates the images that you bring in or the images that you show students. Uh, but in this case, especially with your expertise and experience in, in Spain, um, the uh, artwork sort of led us through the region. Right. And so that was that's sort of how I constructed class so I knew for instance we would go see you know El Greco in life in you know the burial of Orgaz and Toledo you know we would do that and then we wanted the students to have sort of an experience in Cordoba Spain and then obviously we went to well we attempted to go to the Contemporary Museum of Art to see Esteban Vicente's work in, <laughs> in Segovia but it wasn't quite ready um, and then obviously the time we spent in Madrid in large museums like the Prado and Reina Sofia, uh, and then also smaller museums looking at the Museo de Sorolla, where that was you know a home and studio converted to a small museum. So the students had a broad experience. So that's that's how I dictated the content, right. if yeah. that makes sense. How about how and I think that, yeah, that feed in for think, you and you putting know. together the well, experience? Yeah, when, you know, when you're doing something stateside and, and not um, given the, the same sort of opportunity to engage with um, the reality of, you know, hands-on, um, students have a different kind of experience and you as the instructor have a different kind of experience. I think one of the things that I like about doing the courses where you have an experiential component embedded into a broader course is that you never know what, um, uh, what you're going to come across. So. Um, you know, we clearly had certain things we knew we were going to, to be able to see and do when we, um, when we took the students um, to Spain, but there were other things that we never could have predicted right. Um, uh, right. they would encounter. Um, and one of the things that I really liked about, um, uh, about one of the assignments that you had the students do is, um, is thinking about design elements um, that you were teaching them um, in in your effort to develop their appreciation for the art of the Spanish masters, 
was applying that to contemporary, um, you know, advertising um, pieces and that sort of thing that they were seeing, you know, in public spaces, you know, in the metro stations, bus stops, restaurants, you know, uh, department stores, that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and where that goes and, and, and what kind of conversations that generates is really, I think, one of the most valuable pieces to the experiential um, education component because students can do that sort of thing on their own, you know, outside the classroom here if they're looking online, you know, um, or perusing, you know, print materials in, in the library space or, or, or things like that. But typically they're doing that, you know, independently and not in a, in a group kind of setting. And so you don't get the same kind of conversations happening, the same kind of learning happening as you do when you're in a group experiential um, uh, setting. Right. And we were really lucky because the way we set up this class was that the trip component was during spring break. So we met with them uh, once, once, once a week, right? right. Leading up yeah. to the leading up to the trip, and and there was no. This was fulfilling, correct me if I'm wrong, a general education requirement. So these yeah. students didn't have any experience necessarily right. with art. So I had to begin sort of what Richard is referring to with even just basic principles and elements of design so that way they could, they understood what it was they were looking at before we even got to some of the historical and cultural content in the paintings. And so the assignment, uh, not only then did the students obviously write a paper and keep a journal about the pieces I, we wanted them to see and experience, but they also then had to find things in the culture around them so whether it be ads or you know i remember being stopped in a train stop there was some ad and the student was really excited to talk about implied line and i was like yay this is amazing <laughs> you know we're not just talking about you know some major painting and uh but it actually taking that information and putting it into something they were looking at so it's quite it's quite great that way so what are some of the some of your goals in our particular class, the Spanish Master's class? Well, of course, you know, my my background in approaching um, these kinds of courses that I've done, um, the one that I did with you was really the first one that I did collaboratively with someone outside my own department, my own area of expertise, um, and I've done um, uh, the one on human geography with, um, with another faculty member since then. Um, it's really, you know, less about the content because because my partner is the content expert yeah. and, and more about the culture learning opportunities that, um, that this kind of experiential piece brings to students. So making sure that, you know, while, while the program is as structured as possible in terms of ensuring that, um, that the content um, pieces are covered um, adequately and, and, and in an interesting and engaging way, that there's also sufficient downtime built in for the students um, and that we um, orient them upon arrival in the host country um, to how you use public transportation so, you know some basic um, uh, guidelines on you know how to get where you want to be and how to achieve you know things you want to achieve in terms of doing your own personal exploration so making sure that you know at the end of, uh, of at least um, you know several of the days while we're in Spain that students had free time to explore themselves and and, uh, and and had the skills they needed and, and the tools they needed to navigate public transportation, you know, or to um, navigate, you know, um, the layout of uh, of Madrid in particular, you 
know, so they could walk from point A to point B and, and, and explore things that were of interest to them that might not necessarily be directly related to the content of the course, but um, uh, but that were, you know, that they were more motivated um, than might otherwise be the case to um, explore. Because one of the goals is to have students coming off of these experiences then confident to do something like this on their own, outside of a structured um, uh, experience, you know, so that they, you know, are willing to book a, a, you know, an airline ticket or a bus ticket or a train ticket to some place new that they're unfamiliar with, and know, you know, sort of how to go about tackling that and feel more confident and more comfortable um, doing that. So that is, is always a primary goal for me, um, you know, and then of course building um, their their knowledge of the. Um, the history and the culture of the, of the host country, and doing this through the study of the Spanish masters, I think, is uh, a really cool way uh, to yeah. do that. Yeah. So you know, because we, co we covered so many periods in Spanish yeah. history, yeah. they really do get a strong sense of the trajectory of um, uh, of the nation and and the, and the many nations within the nation. So, right. Right. So. No, and that's true. And then, you know, as Richard said, he was definitely in charge of the experiential component. And then, so my goals were slightly different um, in that always a goal is to, for people to see art in a real experience instead of, you know, an inch by an inch on the, on the phone or, you know, whatever. And so to realize, you know, how large something is, that's yeah. always yeah. was amazing when they realized Las Meninas is enormous, you know, yeah. that's this or huge painting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly, with like it, this massive crowd. And so that's part of it, to see art in its real life in, in the places it's intended, in some cases, cathedrals or homes. Right. And then the other thing that's great about seeing it in a major museum is that, you know, you have curatorial components where lighting is a factor. You know, I'm thinking of when we were sort of down on the ground level of the Prado looking at Goya's black paintings. Right. Yeah. And it's so yeah. quiet and it's yeah. so solemn and the paintings are so dark. Yeah. And you can tell the moment right. where they realize they're like, this yeah. is somber. The image is somber. Right. And right. then the, yeah. the room yeah. is and made to be. To it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, to see art in real life, to see art in not only in real life, but in constructed spaces, protected spaces, you know, reverent spaces, and then also where they should be. Um, small museums, large museums, and then also because of the Spanish masters, because we were thinking about the history, we were able to sort of see and talk about sort of the overall power of art. You know, when they saw, you know, Goya's second and third May. Right. You right. know, so yeah. we're able to talk yeah. about, you know, the history of, you know, the, the, the mistakes that the king made, right. befriending Napoleon, and then people <laughs> uprising. <laughs> Uh, before Napoleon then appointed his brother the king, uh, that little thing, and then the massacre that happened, and how not only was that painting the third of May, how it was revolutionary in the art world. You know, it's, it's often considered a first modern painting, but how it affected Goya and how he depicted sort of you know the bloodshed and all that with the people when they revolted, and and you know, and then of course Guernica is always. That's right. that's the trip in Blows itself. Yeah, it just blows your mind. And you know, the power of that image and then you know, where you know, it was essentially target practice, 
you know. Yeah. And so, you know, Franco was like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, you can go ahead and clear out this small town during, you know, the high market season. Uh, and so it affected the world because Picasso showed that painting everywhere in yeah. Paris. And, you know, he was specific about it not, even though it was for his people, it wasn't to be in Spain for a certain right. amount of time because yeah. of Franco. Right. And so that in and of itself taught the world about Spanish Revolution. Right. Right. And and so the power of art is just something that they really got a sense of, especially these masters, because they were not only Spanish masters, but just artistic masters. Right. Right. And so that was my goal, is for them to experience that. Yeah. And I, you know, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But I remember them being excited about the work and talking about right. it. I mean, I don't know if you have another. Yeah, when, uh, um, I think thought about it as we were prepping for um, for this conversation. One of the questions that um, that we discussed was, you know, sort of a, a memorable moment from the trip, and and, and I remember being in um, uh, the museum in the, um, the Santa Cruz Monastery in Toledo, and, and we were looking at a work by El Greco and the. Um, and the information card, you know, posted next to the to the painting, made a claim that didn't resonate with um, with a couple of the students who were in the group, and it didn't jive with what they had, had read or learned um, uh, over the course of their preparation for the trip, and and so they started asking me questions, and and I pulled you over, yeah. and, and and eventually we had the entire group, you know, yeah. um, there yeah. standing around having a conversation about this uh, in front of this painting by El Greco, and we ended up calling um, one of the museum docents over, and and she said, this is what it says, but you're right, there is controversy about whether or not, you know, what, right. you know, what is stated um, uh, officially here in the, in the exhibit is, um, is, is accurate or not. And so that was sort of a really fun moment because yeah. I think the students were excited that they had, you know, yeah. you know had, had, had made some connections um, and, and were able to, to look critically at the information that was being presented about a specific painting um, and, and, and challenge the veracity of, uh, of what was being presented. So, mm -hmm. so that was, I thought that was a really nice moment. Yeah, yeah, and, and then learned that just like anything else, you know, research changes right. and different experts come up with different theories right. and things. And so that was a, it was a good moment for them to see that, you know, because a lot of times students think, oh, well, my teacher taught it's me this. It's the gospel truth. Yeah, or, oh, I saw it in the museum. Either one, whichever way. Yeah. But this way they could see that, yeah. you know, answers are much more fluid, which is what right. we always want our students right. to be able to yeah. assess, you know, to think critically yeah. and to yeah. assess multiple ideas and come up with their own theory right. and um, so yeah it was it was a good it was a good experience you know we we definitely covered a lot of a lot of ground I think something for me that was memorable when we were prepping is we found out um, that a museum docent is a union job in Spain uh -huh. and so <laughs> I'm there with my with the class, ready to go through the Prado and tell them everything, you know, the, the highlighting of certain paintings before they had their time to themselves. And we couldn't have a group larger, we went four or five. So I had to take these small groups around to all of the paintings. And um, so, you know, I definitely got 114,000 steps that day. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, if Fitbits existed, 
Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. you know, uh, definitely that. But um, what was nice about it is, you know, trying to remember what each group noticed and mentioning it and what was different about their experiences and what some saw and what some didn't see. And the paintings sort of that I mapped out versus the paintings that they responded to. Because another thing that I remember, and now in hindsight it makes a lot of sense, but um, I don't know if you remember uh, Giuseppe Rivera's Bearded Woman painting. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, it yeah. was not on my list. Yeah. But no. of course the students oh. were like, what? Yeah. Yeah. How is this? So. You know, I knew enough to explain to them right. the basic content of, right. of, the, of the work um, and in that, but there, so that was fine, just to sort of respond to what they picked out versus exactly. what we yeah. planned out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I liked that quite a bit. Yeah, it's nice to, to be able to, you know, go with with what's happening and, yeah. and make the most of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. In those sorts of situations. And the, I, another thing I was thinking, you know, about about what value being in the you know the setting brings um, you know this is a course that focused on painters and paintings um, but being in Spain also then allowed us to point out other um, forms of, uh, of the plastic arts you know architecture mm -hmm. in particular you know and talk about you know, um, you know what's happening in painting and you know in medieval period what's happening in architecture right. you know you know, the Gothic and the Renaissance and, and the Baroque and um, you know that um, it really enhances the students understanding of, uh, of the different periods in, in artistic history and, and being able to, to get the broader picture um, you know um, beyond just thinking about painting. Yeah because we also took them to the Cathedral Mosque mm -hmm. right and yes, to see yeah, in, Cor in Cordoba, and they, and so to sort of see how it was Catholic and then Islamic and then Catholic and then the elements that remained from both, both places, and then to see that, you know, because there was literature and all that about how, um, you know, obviously people are petitioning for, um, you know. Muslims to be able to worship there, petitioning the Catholic right. Church in right. order, so they're able. You know, they're seeing history unfold right. as yeah. it's as they're standing there, and yeah. so yeah. Even though you're right, it was primarily painting. It was great to have that right. yeah. those opportunities too. Yeah, the Roman mosaics and yeah. You know, oh right, and, yeah. And, yeah, and just you know, I mean, even you know, I lived in in Madrid in the early '90s, and um, you know, there was not a strong Muslim presence in Spain. At that point in time, but you know, thanks to you know recent migration, there you know there's much stronger Muslim presence in Spain now, and so you know, looking at at, at, at the mesquite in Cordoba um, gave us the opportunity to talk to the students about modern Spanish realities and, and the plural society that um, that has developed there, and you know, the challenges in managing. Um, you know, multiple cultural identities as a nation, um, and um, the opportunities that that presents, but also pushback. Um, you know, that results when you have a fairly homogeneous society, especially from a you know religious point of view. You know, evolving very quickly into into one that's much more pluralistic. Mm -hmm. Well, and another. Um class I'll just mention briefly that I taught um, with Dr. Robert McManus, Professor of Leadership Studies and Communication.
Communications in McDonough here at Marietta College um, was Leadership in the Louvre. So I thought I would just mention that a little bit. And it was set up in a similar way as Richard and I constructed this class, but it was only pretty much the work in the Louvre. And so um, I know one piece that we talked a great deal about was Liberty Leading the People. And so Dr. McManus was in charge of the leadership theories, mainly leadership, follower, and having uh, combined goals and things like that. And then I did the same thing. I came and I taught uh, from the very beginning, you know, principles and elements of design. And then we got into sort of the content of the of the image. But uh, with that one, with with Liberty, it was so fruitful because the con you know it's such an iconic painting, much like Guernica. Uh, or Las Meninas and, and for our class. And so I was able to talk about the formal elements, the triangle composition with the most colorful thing being the French flag and implied lines and all of those things. And then it had a sort of similar history as Guernica where once, um, Delac once the uh, Delacroix had passed and, and, and all of that, and the, and the uh, revolution was over. It was actually, the painting was purchased by uh, King Louis Philippe and he did not allow it to be seen until the Louvre bought it. So, you know, the students were able to learn about, you know, the Louvre's role in protecting all these major pieces of artwork, yeah. you know, historically yeah. everywhere, learn about work, learn about, you know, the French um, revolution and the, uh, you know, outcome from there. This was considerably after when this painting was was created in 1830 but nonetheless it talked about uh, you know liberty is an allegory for the French people and she's seen as this goddess and not just an ethereal goddess but a goddess among us as a street fighter goddess yeah, right. so she's a street fighter flesh and bone flesh and bone <laughs> and so that was uh, you know a great experience with that group of students and it was similar where the students met weekly prior to the trip went to the trip uh, you know, and then, um, you know, had an exam paper and your usual suspects after, but it was, it was a, a good learning experience there as well. So, uh, not quite as in depth as ours, but we saw much more. Yeah. We covered territory. Sure. <laughs> we covered well, the whole country. Well, because we had a lot of periods. We, <laughs> we, did, we did. We did. To get in there. Yeah. 500 <laughs> years. I yeah. think, yeah, El Greco to Esteban Vicente. That's yeah, roughly, that's, yeah. that's close. Yeah. So. Um, other than this, the Bonham Center Museum wasn't quite ready. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we found that out by knowing the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did so. see fair, you know, fairly modern yeah. people at the Renaissance. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So absolutely, it was yeah. fine. It yeah. was completely yeah. fine. It was there was no yeah. problem because the Reina Sofia is remarkable, one of my favorite museums. Well, and the Prado, yeah. um, <laughs> actually, truthfully, right. yeah. uh, but it wasn't fun. Well, it wasn't, but you know, it was just sort of funny yeah. that you know, laid back versus sort of the Right. I'm speaking only for myself. You're yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, no, the no. uptight traveler. Well, you said it would be open today. What do you mean? Yeah. How can it not be open when you come from America? Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> We're not quite ready yet. But yeah, I, I mean, these experiences always are transformative for the kind of learning that happens and, and, and the way students who participate in them um, engage with the material. And, yeah. And, and Anytime you have the opportunity to do something that's that, that's hands-on direct interaction with 
with the, the subject matter that you're trying to teach, that's um, that's the preferred route to go. Um, you know, it's not, it, it takes work, um, you know, and it takes resources, um, but it's definitely worth the, um, the investment. That's a great spot to cut off. That's excellent. Uh, this has been so interesting to hear about both of these trips and uh, your approach to introducing this work in person for the students. So thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. It's fun. This was fun. <laughs>